I appreciate the preaching tonight about the work of grace in the life of Nicodemus. And aren't you glad Jesus is interested in sinners? That qualified me. And I'm thankful that he does work individually to bring people to the saving knowledge of himself. I appreciate the preaching, Brother Jonathan. And uh, you're certainly right. It is his death that uh, clicked the trigger. Turn the light on for Nicodemus. I want to say it has been a blessing and a refreshment for me to be in these services. Uh, Without saying so much, I just want to say I love you, Pastor. You've got a precious man of God. And the Lord's hand is on his life. And you are blessed to sit under his ministry Sunday after Sunday. He's a man that loves to preach to his people. And that's the way it ought to be. Very gracious, very hospitable in his demeanor. And if you can't uh, if you can't feel important around him, you might as well just get into something else. Uh, but I, I appreciate him and Miss Amanda. Y'all look after them and take care of them. They're a precious gift from God above. And I want to say, along with the others, I certainly appreciate the hospitality that we have received. I thank the ladies that have faithfully fed us. I know what that takes, and I certainly appreciate it. I thank you for a good place to stay and the opportunity to preach the gospel, something that I love to do. Amen. And I want to say to the church, I Appreciate all that you do to help us with the Taylorsville Baptist Camp Meeting. I appreciate those who have been able to attend. I thank you for what you give each and every quarter to be a help and a blessing to preachers all over the southeastern United States. But we would give you an invitation to come and be with us in those services. If you have your Bibles, I want you to turn to the book of Ruth, chapter number one. Ruth, chapter number one. I began uh, at the uh, end of July, the first of August of last year, preaching through the book of Ruth, and it has been water to my thirsty soul. 
And if you're willing and able, would you stand as we read these first five verses of Ruth chapter number one. The Bible said now, it came to pass in the days when the judges ruled that there was a famine in the land and a certain man of Bethlehem, Judah, went to sojourn in the country of Moab, he and his wife and his two sons. He doesn't name them to begin with. And the emphasis there is, it could be anybody leaving Bethlehem and going to Moab. It could be me. It could be you. And the name of the man was Elimelech, and the name of his wife, Naomi, and the name of his two sons, Malon and Chilion, Ephrathites of Bethlehem, Judah. And they came into the country of Moab and continued there. And Elimelech, Naomi's husband, died, and she was left of her two sons. And they took them wives of the women of Moab. The name of the one was Orpha, and the name of the other Ruth, and dwelt there about ten years. And Malon and Chilion died also, both of them, and the woman was left of her sons and her husband. Turn over to chapter 4, verse number 13. So Boaz took Ruth, and she was his wife. And when he went unto her, the Lord gave her conception, and she bare a son. And the women said unto Naomi, Blessed be the Lord, which hath not left thee this day without a kinsman, that his name may be famous in Israel. And it shall be unto thee a restorer of thy life and a nourisher of thine old age for thy daughter-in-law which loveth thee, which is better to thee than seven sons born, hath borne him. And Naomi took the child and laid it in her bosom and became nurse unto it, and the women uh, and the women, her neighbors, gave it a name, saying, "There is a son born to Naomi, and they called his name Obed, and he is the father of Jesse, the father of David. You can be seated tonight. I love to watch a program on the Smithsonian Channel. 
It is called Aerial America. They do a flyover of all the 50 states and they highlight uh, major tourism attractions. They give historical facts concerning cities and regions of every state. They highlight what the strengths of every state is, their manufacturing, uh, uh, their, uh, uh, their way of making uh, money and what they are famous for. I was very excited when they came out with the program that dealt with North Carolina. They flew over the Outer Banks and they flew over Kitty Hawk and they, uh, they rehearsed how the first flight ever made by man occurred on that ground. They just fly over. They flew over Raleigh, our capital. They flew over Charlotte, uh, uh, that is a major uh, a banking city. They flew over uh, uh, places of tourism. They uh, flew over Grandfather Mountain and the Swinging Bridge and uh, Mount Mitchell, which is the highest mountain east of the Mississippi. Uh, and they highlighted uh, the important features uh, of our state. Well, tonight, I just want to look at this book of Ruth. And I want to do a flyover. I just want to highlight some important things that can challenge and encourage and stir our hearts uh, uh, to live our Christian profession uh, in victory and devotion. Uh, you will find uh, that the book of Ruth is one of two books that uh, has uh, a woman for its uh, title. This is the book of Ruth. There is also the book of Esther. A Ruth is a Gentile and Esther is a Jew. There is contrast and there are also comparisons to those two little books you will find that in Ruth, a Gentile marries a Jewish prince. And in Esther, a Jewish maiden marries a Gentile king. In the book of Ruth, it will begin with a famine. But in the book of Esther, it begins with a feast. In the book of Ruth, it will end with a baby being delivered by the name of Obed. 
And in the book of Esther, it will end not with a baby being born, but it will end with an entire nation being delivered from their bondage and their judgment. Ruth preserves Israel along with Esther. Ruth is the ancestress of our deliverer, the Lord Jesus Christ. She perpetuates the line of Jesus Christ. Esther, on the other hand, saves her people so our deliverer may come. And she preserves the line of Jesus Christ. In the book of Ruth, there is a kinsman redeemer, our Boaz. And in Esther, there is also a kinsman redeemer, and his name is Mordecai. Aren't you thankful that you and I have a kinsman redeemer in our Savior, Jesus Christ? You will find that the book of Ruth is the eighth book of our Bible. It is sandwiched in between the book of Judges and the books of Samuel. You will find in the book of Judges that there is shame all through the book of Judges. When you read the books of Samuel, you find sovereigns. It's all about King Saul and King David. In Ruth, or in Ruth, you find that there is a salvation. In the book of Judges, there is ruin. And in the book of Samuel, there are rulers. But in the book of Ruth, there is redemption. In the book of Judges, there is gloom. In the book of Samuel, there is glory. And in the book of Ruth, there is grace. I can identify with being redeemed. I can identify with being saved. I can identify with grace working in my life. Hallelujah. It not only worked in the life of Nicodemus, but I'm glad it came to a nine and a half year little boy that needed the Lord. Bless his name. Two things I want to emphasize as we look at the book of Ruth. Number one is this. Ruth has a horrible beginning. Some of you can identify with the pain and agony of death. Some of you have walked down to the graveyard 
and you've seen the body of your loved one as they descended in the grave and as they began to move the dirt. Some of you can identify with what is going on in the beginning of the book of Ruth. There is death and there is despair and there is utter darkness. You will find uh, that Ruth begins with uh, sorrows and it begins with heartache. There is bitterness and there is loneliness. In the beginning of the book of Ruth, you will find a description of agony and you can feel the grief in the heart of Naomi. There is affliction. There is mourning. There is regret. There is trouble. There is woe. There is hopelessness. In the beginning words of the book of Ruth, it is something terrible and something that is horrible. But I just want to say this morning or tonight, though it begins horribly, there is a happy ending to the book of Ruth. Oh, I read to you chapter number four, and it is different as day is from night. Oh, you will find in chapter four that there is no more sorrow, but there is gladness. You will find that there is no more sadness, but there is happiness. You find in chapter 4 it ends with blessing and satisfaction. There is joy and life. There is love and security. There is solace and safety and sufficiency. I'm glad in chapter 4 there is a home. There is a baby that is born in chapter 4. It may have started off horribly, but it has a happy ending. It begins with funerals, but it ends up with a wedding. Hallelujah. It begins with the epitaphs of a family. But it ends up with a birth certificate of a baby. It begins with the burial of an entire family. But it ends with the birth of another family. Naomi, she begins with bitterness. But when you get to chapter 4, she is filled with blessedness. She begins barren. But in chapter 4, she's 
holding a baby. It begins for her. She is childish or childless. And now in chapter 4, she has a crib. She begins in poverty, but she ends in plenty. I'm glad tonight there may be a horrible beginning in your life, but there can be a happy, happy ending. For Ruth, it began with loneliness, but it ends with Ruth being in love. Uh, Ruth begins as a castaway, uh, but she ends up being a citizen uh, of the uh, city of Bethlehem. Uh, uh, Ruth began as a widow, but now she ends up wedded uh, uh, to Boaz, the kinsman redeemer. Uh, Hallelujah tonight. Uh, Aren't you glad we have a God uh, that can take our horrible beginning uh, and he can make it uh, a happy ending. He has done it for others. He's certainly done it for Joseph. He had a horrible beginning. He incurred the wrath of his brothers in the beginning of his life uh, But in the end of his life, he is worshipped by his brothers. In the beginning of Joseph's life, he was hated by his brothers. But when the end comes, he's honored by his brothers. I'm just saying that it is a horrible beginning that can have a happy ending. In the beginning, Joseph was a pauper, but in the end, he was a prince. In the beginning, he was in prison, but he ended up in the palace. Hallelujah. I'm glad I have a God tonight. No matter what I'm facing, no matter how terrible and hard it may be uh, he is able uh, to make a happy ending but I want to look at the second emphasis not only does the book of Ruth have a horrible beginning and a happy ending but the book of Ruth is a human story that has a heavenly significance. Now, I'm not, I'm not reading to you about some fictitious family. I'm not reading to you about some names that have been attached to uh, stories that have been made up. I'm I'm talking to you about real people that lived in history. I'm talking to you about uh, people that uh, were citizens of countries and they were vibrant and alive in this life. This is a human story about a mother uh, 
a mother uh, by the name of Naomi and a daughter-in-law by the name of Ruth uh, and a kinsman redeemer uh, by the name of Boaz. They are all real people. Uh, And uh, this story tonight uh, is a human story, uh, but it has an heavenly significance uh, behind it. You find our Savior in the New Testament uh, spoken parables, uh, simply an earthly story with an heavenly meaning. Uh, You will find that this book of Ruth, uh, though it is about the love of Ruth and Boaz, that's not why this book is in the canon of scriptures. Uh, uh, You find, uh, I didn't read the last verses of the chapter, uh, but it gives a genealogy uh, of the lineage of Christ. uh, And that's why it was placed in the the canon uh, of scripture. Uh, It's not about the love between Ruth and Boaz uh, that is so important. Uh, Though it occurred uh, and a baby was born, uh, uh, but tonight uh, there was something greater uh, than just a love story. Uh, Have you ever read the book of Hosea? Hosea is a human story uh, that has a heavenly significance. Uh, God said uh, marry Gomer uh, and uh, Hosea married Gomer uh, and they I believe had a child uh, and then she became unfaithful uh, to Hosea and played the harlot uh, left the home uh, left the child uh, behind. Uh, uh, She had two other children uh, that she wouldn't take care of. Uh, uh, In chapter 2, some of the children are begging her uh, uh, to come back home uh, and she does not return. Uh, Sin has its way with her. Uh, Sin destroys her. Uh, Sin takes her beauty. Uh, And in chapter 3, she's on the slave block uh, downtown. Uh, And God said to Hosea, you take everything you have. Uh, And what Whatever it costs, you buy a Gomer back. You buy her off the slave block. That's the human story of Hosea. But that's not what it was all about. No, it was all about a God who loved his people and loved the nation of Israel that had played the harlot uh, and been unfaithful. Uh, God was demonstrating his love to his uh, wandering people. Uh, Aren't you glad for that kind of love tonight? That's what the book of Ruth has to say to us. If you look through the book of Ruth, there probably... Three, three emphasis that it has to say to us about heavenly things. I'm not going to preach on all three. I want to emphasize one 
If you read the book of Ruth, it's a human story that has the heavenly significance about the gospel. You can see the gospel in the book of Ruth. Naomi heard in the country of Moab how the Lord had visited his people in giving them bread. I'm glad I've heard the good news that Christ was born and lived and died and resurrected uh, uh, for my sins and yours. Uh, Thank God for the gospel that Brother Richard preached on uh, last night. Uh, And then you will find that there is uh, not only a message about the gospel, uh, but there is a message about the Goel, uh, the kinsman redeemer. Uh, There is so much beauty uh, found in that kinsman redeemer. Uh, How that Boaz buys Naomi uh, out of her poverty uh, and is willing to marry Ruth uh, uh, to raise up seed in the name of Elimelech. Oh, I'm glad there was a kinsman redeemer. You and I were in poverty. You and I were dead in our sins. But I'm glad for that heavenly kinsman, that heavenly Goel tonight. Oh, that bawled us back. That was willing to do what was necessary to save us from our sins. Uh, Hallelujah tonight. But the one I want to emphasize tonight is there is a message of grace in the book of Ruth. That same grace that Brother Jonathan was preaching about Concerning Nicodemus, grace. If you're saved tonight, you have experienced grace. You have experienced grace. You look in the book of Ruth and you will find that grace is described and lived out And it is grace that is unmerited. That's just a simple uh, sentence tonight. We all understand what grace is. It's unmerited favor from God. In this human story, Ruth does not do anything to cause God to show her kindness and mercy. Did you know Ruth is a Gentile? Ruth is an outcast in the in the side of the law. Ruth has no right or claim to God Almighty. She has no righteousness to plea. She has no 
pedigree uh, uh, to uh, bring to God. Uh, and tonight, uh, the only reason she ever got out of Moab uh, and got to Bethlehem uh, was because of God's favor uh, shining on her life. Uh, I would have never got out of my sin uh, had it not been that God came to me. Uh, it's true. Uh, in uh, salvation tonight, uh, we could not reach to where God was. Uh, so God came down to where we were at uh, so we might go to where he is. Uh, hallelujah. She'd have never got out of Moab. Uh, she would have never left her idolatry uh, and her sin uh, had it not been that God came down to Moab. He didn't go to Bethlehem and beckon her to come. He went all the way down to that filth and that ungodliness and that idolatry took her by the hand and brought her out of Moab. He done the same for me. He done the same for you. It is grace that is unmerited. That's in the book of Ruth. It is also a grace that is unbounding. Did you know that Ruth was condemned? By the law. You say, how do you know? You just go back and read the book of Deuteronomy. And this is what the Bible says. It says, an Ammonite or Moabite shall not enter into the congregation of the Lord even to the tenth generation shall they not enter into the congregation of the Lord forever. Now that's the law. That's what the law said to Ruth. You see, she is a Moabite. She is shamed and reproached by the law of God. The law said to Ruth, you cannot come. The law said the door is shut. The law said to Ruth, you are bound on the outside. You stay in Moab where you belong. You don't have any right or claim to ever come to the borders of the land of Judah or the country of God's people. She is bound. She is condemned. There is no hope for her. If she ever thought about going to the land of Judah, they wouldn't let her in. But 
I'm glad it is grace that is unbounding. Aren't you thankful tonight that God came down to Moab and took her by the hand and when they came to the law, grace just took her own in. Hallelujah! We were condemned. We were dead in our sin, but it was grace. It was grace that unbounded grace of God that brought us to himself. I don't care if you're a drunk by the road or if you're sitting on the front pew of the Baptist church if you're lost you're lost I don't care how dead you may think you are you can't be no deader than dead and it, the same grace that got that drunkard out of the side ditch is the same grace that got me off of a pew on a, sun, on a Friday night and called me to bow at an altar and cry out for mercy. It took the same grace of God. And tonight, if you know him, you know him because of grace. It is grace that is unmerited and grace that is unbound. There's a third thing about grace and I'm going to be done. There is grace unimagined. I mean, who would ever thought that a Moabitess would come out of Moab and come to Bethlehem? I mean, who would have thought that? If it had been left up to me, I'd have probably picked a Jewish girl. But God didn't do that. God went all the way down to an infidel, an unbeliever, an idolater. Who would have ever thought that God would have done such a thing as that? But you see, it is grace that is unimagined. It is beyond a, our expectation, it is inconceivable, it is unforeseen, it is grace that is doing the extraordinary, it is grace doing the impossible and the improbable and the incredible and the unbelievable. Grace is doing that which is amazing and exceptional and that which is marvelous. I don't care how you describe it tonight. Who would have ever thought grace would have ever took a Moabitish maiden and bring her all the way to Bethlehem, Judah, and much less have her to meet up with Boaz and marry Boaz and have a baby and put her in the lineage of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Who would have ever thought grace would have ever 
have done that. But I am glad tonight the same grace worked in your life and mine. Who would have ever thought you'd ever be saved? Who would have ever thought you'd have got out of the bar room and this whole world of sin? You hated the church. You hated the preacher. But God come to where you were at. Who would have ever thought God would have saved you? just unimaginable I don't understand why he wanted to save somebody like me oh I I don't understand why he'd want to save somebody like you Uh, but I'm glad it's grace tonight uh, doing that which is inconceivable uh, and unimaginable in our life and put her into the lineage of Jesus Christ. You go read Matthew chapter 1. You don't have to read very far. And there's a little four-letter word there named Ruth. Uh, it's found in his lineage. Uh, I mean, she was put in the royal family. Uh, hallelujah. You say, well, uh, uh, she's got something on, on us. Oh, no, she ain't got a thing on me. I'm glad I can identify with being brought out of my spiritual Moab and brought to the house house of bread uh, but I want to tell you tonight uh, he uh, has given us royalty uh, and that dignity you say how do you know uh, it's there in Revelation chapter number one uh, it says now unto him uh, who is that faithful witness uh, and the first begotten of the dead uh, and the prince of the kings uh, of this world uh, unto him who loved us uh, and washed us from our sins and the next verse says and hath made us kings and priests she ain't got a thing on me tonight I'm in the family just as much as she is I'm royalty hallelujah I don't deserve it but I'm here to tell you it's grace don't understand why he'd ever do that for me but I'm glad hallelujah he come down to where I was at uh, lifted me uh, out of my sin uh, made me a child uh, of the king uh, I'm sitting at his table tonight it is grace unimagined let's all stand tonight